deciding who wins the game on this call. The call on the field stands. Touchdown. After review, it has been determined that the receiver did not maintain. Quarterback's arm is going forward. And That's the worst call in the history of all sports. Welcome to another bad call where the refs aren't the only ones who get it wrong. I'm your host, Justin West, and my sidekick here is a man who's never seen a ref make a call that he's agreed with, JD. What's going on, bud? Hey, how we doing, guy? Oh, we're doing pretty good. I can't complain. I mean, I can, but it won't really do any good, so no sense in wasting time. Oh, well. Hey, what we got here is a, a special edition podcast uh, that we're going to do outside of our normal weekly ramblings about players that we think are going to help our lineup for the week. Um, we're going to talk a little bit of uh, beginning DFS. We, we got some interaction. We got a lot of good... Uh, listener questions this week and 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 many of them were geared towards uh kind of beginner strategies and just looking for some guidance for how to get started and since quite a few of our listeners are really new to the DraftKings and DFS game we thought we we'd put out this uh episode to try and help people out yeah this is a this is gonna be a good one because uh, as much as you and i play i know we do have some some differing theories and opinions on this so this won't be just good for the people listening you know all four of them but it'll also be good uh for for me and hopefully you too to get a little bit different uh, perspective on things. Definitely, definitely. So as we always like to start at the beginning, uh, we like to talk about what we're drinking, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump in here first with mine. I've got a beer called Memes and the Giant Peach. It's a double milkshake style IPA with peaches brewed by Windmill Brewing. And it's sweet and tasty. It's got all the hoppy goodness that, that I like. And it's got that nice, silky, smooth mouthfeel that you get with a milkshake style IPA. That sounds flipping incredible. I think I may have to write that one down. Memes and the giant peach, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I, I'll highly recommend this one. So, what? Uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sipping on some of that uh, smoked maple again tonight. We got that Knob Creek smoked maple. Uh, sipping in that rocks glass, just uh, enjoying the moment, if you will. Well, if you're gonna have a go-to, you might as well have something that's pretty dang good so can't argue with that one yes sir 
Well, let's let's get to it. Uh, we'll we'll give some guidance here. We'll we'll start out with the basics of what what you get with DraftKings. Uh, Daily fantasy sports refers to games that are uh, or contests that are mainly built upon one day's worth of action. Sometimes they might span. You know, in the NFL, they'll span the full week of NFL action, which could go from Thursday to Monday. Often there could be some different slates that might be just the early games on Sunday, just the afternoon, some prime times. Uh, and, and new this year, they've they've added the single game feature. But um, so basically, it's a salary cap game, uh, and we we'd like to focus on football. So you're gonna start a quarterback, uh, two running backs, three three wide receivers, a tight end, a defense, and a flex. And you and when you're talking about your flex spot, we're talking running back, wide receiver, tight end. Uh, no super flex, so you're not going to be able to start a QB in that spot. Right. And with that, you get a salary of 50000 virtual dollars, and each player is assigned a price based on the DraftKings algorithms, which involve talent and matchup and production. So your top-end guys like your Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady's, and Todd Gurley's are going to cost more than the scrubs on, you know, the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and with that, that that's pretty much the the gist of, of what the um, the basics are, and uh, <clears throat> there are several different game types. So, J.D., why don't you uh, explain to us what some about some tournaments, what tournaments and GPPs are. Okay, so your tournament plays, at least how I look at them, are going to be any of your games where you've got uh, 10 or more people and that only pays out to a certain top percentage. Uh, so, you know, a 10-person tournament that only pays out the top three spots, uh, that's going to put you into more like a tournament spot. Now, obviously, that can range. Uh, you know, you can have a, a, a you know, a 500-player uh, pool, and, you know, they pay out the, the top, you know, 20% of that or whatever. Um, you're that... When you do those tournaments, that's uh, the price pool all comes from the entry fees. When you are looking at a GPP or a guaranteed prize pool, those are your your bigger ones where you're looking at uh, you know thousand or more entrants, uh, looking at something big like your your millionaire maker, uh, where you can have multiple entries uh, per person or per contestant. And, uh, again, they pay out to a certain percentage of the field. Uh, but, again, that price pool is a guaranteed number. Sure, definitely. Yeah, that's the distinction there with the 
GPPs and some of the tournaments um, would be that you can put in multiple entries, multiple lineups, or the same lineup multiple times, uh, however you so choose, but only the top X amount of percent is is what you're going to get paid out for, and typically they're weighted pretty heavy to the top. Yeah, the, the price pool is not a level uh, price pool. It is a tiered level where uh, first place obviously receives the largest prize and then it's going to descend downwards generally speaking in tournaments or your gpps fewer than 30 percent of the entrants will win a prize or win any sort of money right and and as that is as would probably be expected DraftKings makes their money off of taking a cut or what they call a rake so it it varies depending on the tournament or contest uh, but it typically falls within about the 10 percent range yeah and those of you uh familiar with playing games of chance at uh, just about any casino or uh, that played in the uh, texas hold'em craze you'll understand how that rake works that uh, that's where they're making their money so sure and so the other type of games that that you can play on DraftKings would be what we call cash games and that would be your head-to-head where you're just playing one other person uh your 50 50s which 50 percent of the pool gets paid uh or your double ups where roughly 45 40 to 45% of the pool gets paid uh, double what your entry is that you put in um, head to heads you you could also consider maybe three man's uh, cash as well yeah I put a, a three man four man uh, I'll even say go as far to say a five man can even be can kind of considered a, a heads up if you do a winner take all and that. But uh, once you get past that, then you're pushing tournament range. Sure. So, um, so let's talk about game selection a little bit here. Obviously, uh, your tournament, if you're or, or GPP, if you're looking to enter one of those you're going to want to take a little more um risk with your lineups and so you're gonna because you want a higher ceiling uh to what what your score might be whereas in your cash games you're gonna want to have a less variant opportunity some uh, uh, a higher floor the highest floor which which we'll call when, when we say floor what you're thinking maybe the minimum projection would be for for that lineup so, yeah so just to go into that just to make it real simple uh you said you know the floor would be the lowest expected point total so take a guy, uh, 
like uh, Jared Goff, uh, who just blew up, by the way, tonight through 460-plus yards and five touchdowns. Uh, you're going to expect, let's say, him to be able to throw uh, 250 yards and two touchdowns every single game. That's going to be his floor. So whatever that point total comes out to be, uh, I think that would end up being like, I don't know, 16 points. You know, so we'd say 16 points is his floor at that point. And then a game like he had tonight would be a ceiling. So, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, when you're new to DFS uh, and DraftKings, if you sign up for an account, DraftKings does have uh, what they call beginner contests. So, you can sign up and play other other people who are not super experienced so you're not getting uh matched up against pros or people who try to actually grind it out and make a living Uh, yeah and those are there's a limit on how many contests you can play once you play a certain number of contests you can no longer be considered a beginner no matter uh, what they were, or how much you've paid, or how much you've won. It's a number of contests, I believe. Right. And and one of the other things that you can do to maybe limit your exposure to somebody that just has a lot of money to dump into this is there are tournaments and GPPs that are what we call single entry or uh, have a limited entry. Uh, your normal GPP and, and the big one that everybody talks about is, is the Millie Maker. Somebody could put 150 lineups in and at $20 a lineup, you can you can do the math and that, you know, that, that gives the guy, he can, he can cover a lot of bases with 150 lineups. But if you sign up for a tournament that is single entry, you know, it's it's everybody has the same opportunity. So as far as putting in the lineup, so you know that that guy next to you that you're looking at on the leaderboard, he has he's only taken one crack at it. So he had to be a little more conservative with his play. Yeah, and I would say for beginners uh, new to DFS or even just new to DraftKings that those are the type of tournaments or GPPs to get into to the single entries. Absolutely. In in my personal opinion. Again, just so we're super clear, we don't work for DraftKings. We're not sponsored by DraftKings. So, you know, this, this is all just the opinions of Justin and myself. Uh, and has absolutely nothing to do with DraftKings thoughts on this. Oh, yes, absolutely, because... Uh, Legal disclaimer. I, <laughs> I'd be pretty pre- pretty disappointed with my weekly paycheck here if, if I was. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they keep taking from me. Oh, no. You know, it's up. It's an up and down. I've, I've, I've had some success at it, so uh, I can't complain. That's what makes it fun, though. You, you're... It, you're doing the research and making some picks based on 
on what you think might happen on a weekly basis. So that's what makes it fun. And, you know, there's there can be a million different viewpoints on on a weekly basis. So um, w- with that, I, I myself personally, even though I've been doing this for several years, I still prefer to play the single entry and three entry max games because you know you get an opportunity to win a you know a decent amount of money depending on on the price level of the contest but you're not you know have to fork out a a whole lot of cash to to get in that tournament yeah, it's a it's a concept of how many dogs do you have into the fight. Uh, when you're talking about something like Millie Maker, the odds of your one lineup beating somebody else's 150 lineups is usually pretty small. Uh, but if you're talking just a you know a one to one ratio, you've got a much better chance. Uh, so, sure, but you know, like the Millie Maker is fun if you're if you're just kind of doing it for fun and want to. Um, Absolutely. Have, have something that makes watching the games on Sunday a little more exciting. It's it's really really is fun to have that chance. It's definitely a better odds than winning the Powerball or something like that. So, uh, and if you like if you like football, it really does uh, give you a little extra rooting interest. Yeah, that you know that's the beautiful part about fantasy football in general, but uh, DFS especially because your season's not over if a player gets hurt. You know, your week might be, but not your season. Right, yeah, you get a fresh start every week, every new slate. It's uh, It gives you the chance to evaluate what kind of decisions you made and, and try to improve on them uh, going forward. Uh, one- uh, real quick. Justin, uh, there's another game type uh, that I want to touch on, especially for those people that are new to DFS and are maybe just looking to try it out. Uh, DraftKings has this tier mode, which is not a salary-based play. You have to fill out eight roster spots, and for each tier, they give you only a certain selection. So there's no cost to each one of these players, Uh, You just have to pick the best one out of that tier. So everybody's picking from a condensed player pool. Uh, It's a good way to get an inexpensive, if you want, taste for how this might work without actually having to go into uh, stat and value-based drafting. Good point, good point. That's not something that I've played a lot of. I, I have dabbled in it a little bit, but it's kind of fun because... It's a different kind of strategy. Yeah, it's a quick pick, uh, you know, pick them type game where there's not, you're not over flooded with options. It's, hey, pick a guy that you like out of these eight players. Uh, do that eight times and you've got yourself a lineup. So a good way to get into it if uh, doing salaries and whatnot is just a little overwhelming to begin with. Oh, Absolutely. And on that note, there are uh, games that can be played at many different 
price levels. You you can yes. you can find you can find free contests out there. Um, you can find uh, one one thing that I like if you want to try your hand at making, you know, twenty different lineups. They've got what a tournament that's called the Quarter Arcade, which is it is what it it sounds like. It's twenty five cents to enter, so you, for five bucks you could you could put twenty lineups in. Uh, or you know one dollar a lot of one dollar two dollar three dollar five dollar tournaments you know it, it goes crazy you know i think i've seen up there there's some small tournaments and whatnot that are have like ten thousand dollar entries but th- those are for the sharks yeah those are for people that are good at this <laughs> or have no sense or and too much money on there yeah yes sir so that being said if you talk about game selection like i like i alluded to there's the beginners and there's the low price ones there's the single or low entry tournaments that's going to be where you want to start out and give this give this a shot um another Another thing to think about with game selection is if you see a tournament and it's a $1 entry and there's 5,000 entrants, you want to look and see what the total payout is because these different tournaments do have different rakes. So there could be five different $1 tournaments and the rake could be different on each of them it you know it could range from eight to twelve percent so and and they change them from week to week so you really want to pay attention to what you're entering there there are several uh sponsored groups that have tournaments out there that are zero rake and those are my favorite tournaments to enter yeah, obviously, if you can get in the tournaments where uh, your money is your money, that's where you want to be. Uh, but that brings up a good point that, uh, like any uh, game of chance, if you will, you need to do your due diligence and make sure that you're getting your best odds. Absolutely. Just, just a, you know, again, personal opinion. <laughs> oh, definitely. One of the other questions that we were posed with this week is something that we've we talk about quite a bit on the podcast is the concept of value. So this this might mean something different to uh, different people. So I want to go ahead and uh, throw this one at you, JD, to hear what you have to say, and then I'll I'll kind of. Uh, round it out with with my opinion on value yeah so when i'm looking at value i'm looking uh, at a return and it 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 differs based on what type of of match i am playing obviously when you're talking about uh floor ceiling uh so let's say you've got a running back that costs 
6,000. Uh, and again, this is when you enter into one of these, let's say you enter something in for a dollar, you have a starting salary of $50,000, just like everybody else in, in the tournament. And uh, so you've got to divvy that up and make sure positions. You have a running back that goes for 6,000. Uh, ideally, what I'm looking at is I want to find those guys that can give me three times their value or more in a, in a general play. Um, that's, that's my initial value point. Now that does change depending on, uh, you know, price points, obviously. So let's say you've got a, uh, Alvin Kamara that it costs 9,600 asking for three times value. There is, is pushing it. Not that he hasn't hit it before, but that's pushing it. But if you get him to go two and a half times, uh, that's better than a player that goes for 4,000 and you have him at three times. So uh, that's really just a matter of what that price point is and what you're looking to get out of them, I guess. If that helped <laughs> explain anything in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, so really, basically... What can you get for the money that you spent? If if the guy is five thousand, what what is your expected return? And and that's based where you where you're looking at a projection or a matchup, and and you think that player X is going to get a hundred yards and three receptions. Uh, and a touchdown, so that is 10 points for the 100 yards, 3 points for the receptions, a 3-point bonus, because any running back or receiver who gets 100 yards running, rushing or 100 yards receiving gets a 3-point bonus. Quarterback also gets a bonus for 300 yards passing. Um, any, you know, so you're up to 10 13, 16 points, plus the touchdown is 6. That's 22 points for your $5,000. Basically, you can break that down on a uh, dollar per point value and decide if that is worth your investment. There is no one set. You can't think... Oh, I have to get 150 points with my lineup every week. That number that, that to win the bulk of your matchups is going to vary from week to week. You know, some weeks like week one of the NFL season this year, you're going to need 200 <laughs> plus points to cash in tournaments. Whereas week two, you you were cashing in tournaments at 145 points or something like that. It, it really does vary week, week to week, but you're want to get the, the maximum av- amount of value out of the players you play, and that, that could vary. It's, it's a puzzle. You have to piece things together. If, you, if you're going to say, hey, I can get you know, three times value, out of my $9,000 player, 
but you're going to have two, three thousand dollar players that you might get half times value. You you very well could put, you know, four or five thousand dollar players together that are going to get two point eight times value, and you'll score higher than 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 the high price with the two low play, price players. So yeah, that's a that's a really good like you can't. When you're talking about value, you can't solely look at that one player. You have to look at your overall roster construction. Um, as a general rule, I will take a a projected points or what I what I personally expect them to score. Divide that by their cost to get where my value really comes in. And everybody's got their own projections, and you know if you do a little googling, you can find all sorts of different projections for players each week. Yeah. So hopefully that explains uh, the concept of value a little better. And, and then we'll continue to take questions on that subject. If you, if you have want to dig a little deeper there. Um, and, and, and from that note, uh, there's, there's one, kind of last topic that I had in mind unless JD um, has any more but that is the idea of game theory and so anybody who likes to play games whether it be gambling or just board games or, or cards you always want to have a little bit of a a strategy and so uh, when when you're looking, you know, when you're doing your Google searches and trying to find information, uh, you're going to have, people are going to project ownership in tournaments. And so if, if you find a guy that's going to be 50% owned, which means half the field is going to have them in their lineup, it's going to be hard to differentiate your lineup from the other players. Whereas if you get some players that are likely to be lesser owned, and that doesn't mean they're going to be, they're bad plays. It's just that they're not as appealing to the masses. You know, if, if you got running backs that are going to be, you know, 50% is, is kind of egregious. You don't really find that in tournaments very often. But if a guy's thirty or forty percent owned, it's a good idea to fade because if he fails, then you have an advantage over forty percent of the field. If you uh, just go ahead and uh, go into when you say fade, uh, for those people that may not know, <laughs> sure, fade means to avoid or to not play. That that's that's the basic essence of it. There's a lot of uh, little jargon that you pick up from the industry, so definitely if if there if we say something, it, it's it's just because I've I've been doing it and listening to podcasts and reading articles, and so if if there's anything you don't understand, please absolutely continue to ask questions on the on the Facebook page or an email we do love the interaction and and like to try and teach a little bit 
you know, as we learned, you know, we've said it before, we're 100% not experts, but we do, uh, we have been doing this for quite some time now. So always happy to help out and answer questions for somebody that is just looking to learn more. Definitely. So, you know, with the, with that, the game theory, uh, one way to differentiate your lineup is you can put some guys that are going to be popular in there and pair them up with guys who, you know, just one or two guys that are going to be real low owned and that, that'll differentiate your lineup. Uh, Another way, you know, to, to, to maybe take a more higher risk chance would be to what they call game stack. And, and that would be to take several players from the same game and put them on your on your roster. And, and why that is risky is that, you know, if that game for whatever reason turns out to be low scoring or, you know, defensive battle, you're not going to get as many fantasy points out of it. But if but if it goes crazy like like the uh, game we just saw Thursday night is a thirty eight to twenty eight score or thirty eight thirty one that's a lot of points there were a lot of fantasy points so if in a tournament when there are twelve or thirteen games on on a slate if if you find a game that does that and you have a lot of players concentrated in that game your point total is going to end up a lot higher. Yeah, the the game stack theory uh, really goes into if you expect a game to be a high-scoring game, uh, a la the Saints-Falcons game from week three. We expected that to be high-scoring, and it was. So uh, a game stack in that would have been, let's say you did uh, – Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, Alvin Kamara, uh, and, you know, uh, you probably couldn't afforded to do Michael Thomas at that point in time. But just for fun, we'll say that's what you did. Uh, you know, that's a game stack. You got four of your, uh, your players are from that single game. Uh, you can also do just a single team stack where you do a quarterback with a res- uh, running back or receiver uh you do a correlation play with a running back in a defense there. You expect, you know, that team's going to be in a lead and hold the lead. Uh, you want that defense and a running back uh, for that team too. So there's a lot of little ways you can stack and do correlation plays. Um, you know, it really comes down to how risk adverse you are. Definitely. And, and one last thing that I had on um, that I want to talk about in game theory, and this kind of lends itself back to the game selection, is if you want you know the biggest chance to have a return on your money, and you play, you're going to want to play cash games. Uh, if, if you were thinking about playing a five or ten dollar double up or 50 50 you would probably be better off playing five or ten dollar ten one dollar head-to-head matchups 
because that way, if you play $10 in a double up or a 50-50, you basically have to beat 50% of, of all the entrants or else you get no re return. But if you were to play 10 $1 head-to-heads and say maybe you didn't have a, a top 50% lineup but you had more of a 40 or 30% lineup, you still have the opportunity to beat, you know, three three or four players, and instead of losing it all, you only lo lost maybe 20% of what you invested or 30%. So that, that's... Yeah, it's, it's a concept of winning some is better than winning nothing. Uh, you know, the gains are smaller, but the risk is less. Right. And that way, you know, your money will last longer. But on the same sense, if you do have that, you know, lucky or I don't want to call it lucky because you're putting some research into it and you're making some educated uh, selections. And so if you do have like a 90th percentile lineup, you're still going to win, uh, you know, nine out of ten and you're gonna get a, a nice return there so yeah definitely if uh you're new to this that's in my opinion the place to start is to do uh little head to heads like that or um you know if you've got a couple buddies that are maybe starting to do it you know do you know three to four man tournaments you know, where it's just you guys and, you know, even at, the, I mean, if you're doing a four man, you can even do top two if you wanted to, but that's just a good way to get in without a whole lot of risk. Oh, definitely. So, and, and, and on a final note from me, I just want to say that this is, it's, it's a fun hobby that the JD and I have. We're not, uh, we're not out here trying to be professionals. It, we definitely liked a little bit of a thrill from it. We'll, we'll play some of the big tournaments every now and then because we'd like that opportunity to, to retire, to, to retire <laughs> or, or, you know, just have a little bit of extra fun. Um, and so it, it's, it's definitely something that you can try and not risk or spend a lot of money on. You can, get some entertainment value out of it and uh it, it's fun to compete against uh i like to compete against strangers and i like to compete against friends so if if you're listening and you want to um you know challenge me to a head-to-head -head or whatever i'll i'll always take you up i i'm you know we're low stakes players and uh, uh, we're having fun with it but we we put a, a little bit of extra time and effort into doing our our research so that we can try to try to have a little bit of an edge over the uh the average person that's playing these games yeah uh, same you know you want to i try to do uh five to ten head-to-head -head matches every week and again low stakes usually you know one to two dollar head-to-head matchups uh in DraftKings every week uh, if you're interested in 
and doing that you want to you want to battle <laughs> if you will uh jd west 22 DraftKings. and i and i'm big jw 520s uh if you want to send me a challenge or you just want to um contact us through our facebook or website or email uh you can find us at another bad call on twitter uh, and another bad call on Facebook and Instagram as well. Uh, we have a website, another bad call, where I'm blogging weekly uh, about my results, and it's pretty pretty raw. And I'm not hiding anything. When I when I win, I'll let you know, and when I lose, I'll let you know. So it's it's a good process for me to go through to review what I did the previous week and try to improve. Um, if you if if you want to send us an email, we we're another bad call at gmail dot com, and uh, I personally can be found at Justin M West on Twitter or JMW nineteen seventy seven on Instagram. Uh, JD, where where can they find you? Yeah, find me in the usual spots. Uh, JD West twenty two on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if we didn't answer one of your questions that you got to us this week, uh, please feel free to hit us up on uh, either another bad call, uh, you know, any of the links that were provided or our, our personal ones, uh, and we will try to get back to you as quickly as possible or maybe put it on to uh, another one of these uh, how-to tips uh, podcasts that, uh, you know, if they're helping, we may turn it into another series on its own. Absolutely, absolutely. We uh, we appreciate all the interactions we've we've gotten thus far, and if you like what we're doing with this uh, and and want to hear more, please do uh, share our posts on any of the social media. Keep listening to the podcast. Uh, give us a review if if you would so kindly do uh we we appreciate all the support and interaction we've had so far and with that being said we hope that some of what we pass along here can can help you to avoid another bad call <laughs>